What's better than this? Guys being guys being guys being guys being, guys being dudes. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is year six, episode seven, six, nine, eight, around there. It's 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 midseason through season six is what we'll call it, even though it's December. This has been a weird year for college football. This is a college football podcast, if you're a first-time listener. My name is Patrick Norwood. I am half of Pat's Interference. My better half, Patrick Brickman, joins me today. Sir, how you doing? I am, uh, I'm well. I'm sparkling. How are you? I'm great. Now, if, if you're sitting there going, you know what? They haven't done this in a while. Uh, au contraire, mon frere. We did a live podcast for the Sweetheart Bowl. Yes, I am starting the episode this way. Uh, you could have joined a Zoom link. Many of you didn't. That's okay. The thousands of you that did, we really appreciated seeing you. Uh, but, Brick, do you want to tell them what happened during the Sweetheart Bowl? <laughs> so, um, are you talking about the, the game, or are you talking I, about the random people that accidentally joined and we had to boot them? So, I'm going to talk about the game, and then I want you to talk about that. Because okay. the game, uh, I had Western Michigan, Brick had Central Michigan, the battle for the gold cannon is what it is called. Uh, or maybe the victory cannon. It's a cannon. Let's go with that. Uh, Brick, for some reason, picked Jim McElwain's led Chippewas, who blazed out to a 14-0 lead and then got outscored 28-14 the rest of the half. No regrets. No regrets. No uh, regrets. I, I did end up winning the Sweetheart Bowl. You can watch a clip from that live podcast on our Twitter at PI underscore podcast. Uh, you can also go to our website and find all of our social places there. Uh, yeah. You can look us up on Facebook, although I didn't post it to Facebook because it's a waste of time and Brick and I no longer have it. Uh, so, you know, maybe if Skylar gets on Facebook one day and she starts posting things, then we'll have a Facebook again, but otherwise we won't. Uh, Brick told a great story about him being, <laughs> quote, less than dominant in a high school pitching performance that I could it was not said, it said, recommend. It said... <laughs> It said, far from dominant. Far from to, dominant. I'd like to Not correct less you. Than, yes. I was a, what, 16-year-old kid? when This was an article about me in, um, in the Dothan Eagle uh, when I was a, uh, a, a 1A pitcher. I was the third or fourth pitcher on our roster, uh, lefty junk ball pitcher. Which sure. Meant, because of, I was like a sophomore, a junior. I think this was my junior year, actually. And I wasn't one of our top two. I didn't pitch the area games I pitched other ones so there was so i pitched against my rival because it wasn't an area game i won it's my second year in a row beating the rival i think that's my only two i definitely had less than five wins in my high school career but those were two of them so somewhere between two and five it was it was how many of them it was two two of them two of them two of them yes i see what you did there we're back we're back baby um all right, I'm making this story too long. Uh, so then, um, the, the the Dothan Eagle rider came up to me and asked me two things. Well, a couple questions, but one of them was, how fast do you think you pitch? And I, what did I say, 45 miles an hour? As a joke, right? Yeah. I definitely threw at least 60. <laughs> <laughs> but he put, he, he put that in the article, and then later on he went on to say, Brickman, who was far from dominant. Wolf. Snuck, and then it went on, like, snuck out of a bases loaded jam, whatever. So anyway, yeah. that, that clip's on there. Or you just basically heard the story on this podcast, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's and, good. And then the other thing that happened during the podcast was, do you remember the name? So, uh, so one, of them, one of them was Jeff, uh, no, Chet Goldstein. Chet Goldstein. Chet, yes, yes, thank sir. you for remembering that. Yes, so, sir. So Patrick Norwood um, put out the link 
on 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 social media for for the whole uh, world to see. Uh, sure. Thinking thinking that our audience would roll really only be the um, the football fans, the millions of football fans that follow us, and nothing sure. else. Instead, we only got thousands, but it's right. okay. Right, and by millions, I mean twenty something. And mm-hmm. uh, no, this this old man named Chet Goldstein gets in our gets in our feed, and he's just sitting there. It's this old dude sitting in what looks like his probably his office. And I then would hope he that's just, his office. And then he answers like a rotary phone and just starts talking. Mm-hmm. And I thought that you were playing a prank on me. I thought you got some guy from like the Durham Bulls. Nope. To like, to like get in the get in the conversation and, uh, and like throw me off. And then you text me, boot this guy. And I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, that's what happened. It was really funny. It had to be there. It was a great time. It was a great time. So again, we d- we have podcasts recently. It just hasn't been in a, in a good while. Uh, it was it was pre-Masters. Brick had his great Masters rant. If you need to be refreshed, that's last episode, episode six. That, yeah, Brick, that's right. This is going to be a little bit of a different format uh, because we're not actually going to do our normal going through game, going through game, going through game. This is going to be more about you and I just discussing the landscape of college football. Uh, I say we discuss uh, the top four teams of the past week. Right, and then maybe touch on a couple others, and then let's just go into what's going to go on from here on out. Okay, so yeah. uh, number one unanimous AP number one team in the country, Alabama trounced LSU as everyone thought they would. Um, did cover the spread of twenty nine and a half. Uh, we're up. What was it? Forty two to fourteen at halftime. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Forty two to fourteen at halftime. Mac Jones had three hundred yards passing. Uh, Forty eight Devon- fourteen. Sorry. Uh, forty-eight, fourteen. You're right. Forty-five, uh, fourteen. At half. It? Yes, yeah. you're right. It was. It was. <laughs> we, we, we got, got there, there eventually. Um. <laughs> so anyway, Mac Jones had uh three hundred yards passing. Uh, Devonte Smith had two hundred yards receiving, and Najee Harris had a hundred yards rushing, all at halftime. Halftime, uh, baby. Halftime. Now Alabama did not exactly slam on the gas afterward, only winning fifty-five, seventeen. Only winning fifty-five, seventeen. Uh, but Brick tallied six hundred and fifty yards. Control time of possession, 33-17. Had 32 first downs. Did have a turnover, but that's bound to happen at some point. Slade Bolden. Mm. Uh, TJ Finley with a uh, modest effort. 14 for 28, 144 yards and a touchdown. Uh, You you had uh, 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 Boutte. Uh, Kayshawn Boutte with eight receptions for 111 yards. He had a whale of a game. Other than that, LSU was I wish extremely his, um, quiet. I wish his first name was Seymour. Seymour Boutte? Yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> or Hugh. Hugh, Hugh Boutte? Hugh, Hugh G. Boutte. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, but otherwise, Brick LSU with a very quiet evening. Ed Orgeron slammed his headset down quite forcibly on the sidelines a couple times. And I think Nick Saban got his revenge over the LSU Tigers. What was your biggest takeaway from this game and why? Alabama did exactly what they wanted to. Um, they scored at will. Uh, I, I think they kicked a field goal. But besides that, that was the only kick in the first half. They could have named their score. They could have scored 100. I, I think they could have scored 100 in this game if I they agree. really wanted to. I agree. Um, I, I think they didn't, be, mainly because 
I, I don't know if it was really letting off the gas as much as it was trying new things in the offense. If you look at the second half, the sort of patterns that the guys were running, the sort of plays we were calling, just seemed more like we were uh, experimenting more than actually trying to get uh, some good game work in. Devontae Smith with eight receptions for 231 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Najee Harris with 21 carries, 145 yards and three touchdowns. Brick, this is still a team that I'm trying to, really really hard to wrap my brain around because at times they look like the most dominant team in college football uh and at times i look at the defense and i'm still so massively underwhelmed um mainly through uh the passing defense the rushing defense has stepped it up a good bit uh the pass rush has gotten uh leaps and bounds better from where it was at the beginning of the year but i still look at the, the pass defense with a massive question mark. Alabama has not played a passer that has a passer rating in the top 40 uh, since they played Ole Miss and Matt Corral. Uh-huh. They'll get an opportunity to look at a quarterback like that uh, this upcoming weekend when they play Arkansas and Felipe Franks. My big concern and question mark for Alabama is how effective are they going to be at stopping the pass when they face a team that can actually pass the football? Because once they get to the playoff, that's all they're going to face. I think the worst team at that is Notre Dame, and they are extremely efficient on offense at passing the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think it's going to be... I mean, I, I, the one quarterback I'd be afraid of facing would be Justin Fields. I think that he has uh, the, the tools to, to beat that Alabama defense. But, I mean... I, I'm not as I'm not as concerned by it as I think you are at this moment. I just, I mean, they gave up 17 to LSU. Let, let really, it was more 14. Um, only 13 well, to Auburn, three zero. Really, I mean, it was it was 10 if we want to go back that far because LSU did have a ball that they dropped before it reached the goal line. Um, but that's let's true, not yes, let's not split hairs. Let's not split hairs. That's not worth it. That's not what this podcast is about. And they deserve the touchdown and they score the touchdown. It is what it is. Since they're um, kind of strange win over Ole Miss. And really, I guess maybe the first half of that Georgia game, I mean, I, I haven't, I, I've thought the defense has been excellent. I think that they've looked like a top 20 defense most of the time. Uh, they did allow, you know, a couple head scratcher long scores against LSU, but they hadn't given up plays like that in, in weeks. Most of the year, I mean, they hadn't given up a play of that caliber, I think, since, since Ole, Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah, so, I'd agree. Well, uh, they had one against Georgia. There was one against Georgia, but. My concern, Brick, is you look at the offenses and the offensive production numbers from the teams that they've played since Ole Miss. Uh, Georgia's probably the top dog there, no pun intended, and they have been uh, lackluster at best this season. Extremely underwhelming. You've got Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, Kentucky, and Auburn. Uh, And I just don't see an offense on there that is extremely terrifying in the least. Uh, To be fair, Alabama has blown all of these teams completely out of the water. They sit as college football's unanimous number one AP team, uh, or number one team in the AP poll, I should say. Um, right, and that's I, that I wanted to bring. Like, okay, so when is the last time this out on this team that you feel like Alabama has struggled on offense for more than let's say two drives? I I don't think they have. I don't know that they have once this season. I, I mean, they've had a couple. They they've have. had drives killed by penalties. They punted sometimes. They probably punted less than anybody in the country. Uh, they've kicked some field goals. They haven't missed a field goal this year. Knock on wood. And I don't know that they've had a single game where they've I mean I can't remember the last time they didn't at least score on uh, you know uh, so that's my thing is 
their defense has been more than good enough to to prop up the offense, to support sure. the offense. Sure. And that, that's what I'm looking at there. I mean, if the defense was... Because Alabama's not even winning shootouts. They're just scoring a crap ton of points. And the other team's offense is on the field so much because they're scoring so much and so quickly that, yeah, Auburn is going to get 13 points. LSU's going to get 17 points. And, and n- none of that scares me. Right, right. And, and yeah, I, I understand that. Alabama right now... Uh, hold on, I'm checking how many punts they have had this season. Alabama has 23 total punts uh, this season. Um, I don't know what the average is, but... among would, Well, and so it's a weird year, right? Because then you look at teams who have played as many games as Alabama. Uh, the only team who's punted less is Florida. <laughs> Uh, Alabama's punted 23 times. Florida is only punting 19. Uh, hmm. The only other team you could really compare to that, I'll give you two guesses. Alabama has played this team. I'll give you two guesses. Go. Um, that would be in that in that Ole Miss. Ole Miss has 21 punts this season. You nailed it on your first guess. So, again, Alabama's punt numbers extremely low. Uh, I would say they lead the nation in the amount of drives that don't end in a punt. Now, that doesn't mean they always end great because we do have some turnovers. Uh, but Alabama has only punted the ball 23 times. Uh, you know, you look at Florida, they're at 19. Um, so again, it's, you know, these are things that I'm, I'm feeling very positive about, but you know me, and I'm very uh, perplexed on how to feel about a college football team where the offense has to carry the defense um, in such a huge manner, right? I, I think if, we, if, if Alabama gets in a shootout, uh, we would want to have the ball last not the other way around. Yeah. You know, and I, I know that sounds like, well, duh, obviously, but I think this is even more than ever. Uh, that's how it is right now. So again, that's, that's your number one team in the country. I, I, I have no problem calling them the unanimous AP number one team in the country. I think they deserve that ranking and that title. Uh, Clemson with one loss. You can't give them that Ohio state, which we'll get to in a second. Doesn't have enough games. Notre Dame's the only real team you could give an argument to, but uh, since they struggled in the first half with Syracuse and they struggled to open the season against Duke, um, yes, they did beat Clemson, but they beat Clemson's backup quarterback, who is a true freshman. There's just not a whole lot about Notre Dame as I drop my phone. There's not a whole lot about Notre Dame that I think you can really compare uh, to Alabama. But let's get to Notre Dame. They win 45-21 over Syracuse. Uh, they struggled in the first quarter, I should say, not the first half. It was only 3 uh, Then it was, I believe, 14 to th- uh, or excuse me, it was 7-3 to uh, Syracuse, right? Um, and then it was uh, uh, 10-7 Notre Dame, 17-7 Notre Dame, and then right before halftime with six seconds left, 24-7 Notre Dame. So, again, they really ran away with it. Uh, Syracuse did manage 414 yards. Um, did have 15 turn uh, 15 first downs, but they also had four turnovers. When you look at the four turnovers, Notre Dame should be beating this team by 35, 40 points. They almost made it, but I, I'm just I'm not really sold on Notre Dame yet. No, they don't have the same eye test that that Alabama does, uh, they, and they, that's not the only game that they've slogged through. I mean, Notre Dame, and I know it was the beginning of the season, but they you know pretty much slogged against Duke. took took them a long time to get going against Florida State. Only beat Louisville by five. Uh, kind of a slow start against Georgia Tech. Um, they haven't really blown teams out the way Alabama does, but they've won all their games. And I think that's the big difference. Is, is Notre Dame's finding a way to win games, but they're not just running roughshed through uh, their their schedule. Um, the win over Clemson is, is the biggest win that any team has in college football this year. I'm not going to debate right. that. Um, and will have all, all regular season. Um, and, and, and they deserve that spot at two. 
I don't I don't I don't perceive them as the second best team in the country. I don't think they are. Um, I, I guess they could be a top four. It, it's such a it's such a weird year to try to judge because everybody's got such a different body of work. I think Ohio State is potentially the best team in college football, but we don't we don't have enough body of work to know that. Right. Um, uh, you know, I think Clemson also has a very solid case in my head to be the best team in the country, and they didn't play with their all-world quarterback. And I, I would I would be afraid to face them too, but we don't know. Uh, Clemson's, Clemson has a similar body of work to Alabama. That's why I would I, I feel like they're probably the third best team in the country, maybe Notre Dame's four. I think Ohio State has a shot at one. My point is nobody's playing out of conference games. Right. And some of the teams have only played five, six games this year. And we sure. just, it's, it's, it's too hard to judge. I don't know. It, it is too hard to judge. And I, you know, I think this is um, even more evidence of why this playoff is so necessary. Imagine trying to pick a BCS champion uh, championship game right now, right? Yeah. Yes. You have undefeated Alabama and undefeated Notre Dame. And if they continue that way, most people would say conventional wisdom says, okay, then they should, you know, obviously if it the- continues that way, then Notre Dame would have won the whole thing. We're also assuming that Notre Dame would have played in the ACC conference. Uh, that's another thing I want to bring up about Notre Dame. All of the years on this podcast, you have usually been able to talk me out of something or change my way of thinking, and I commend you for that because I'm a very stubborn person. I would like to think that I have done the same for you. One mm-hmm. thing that you've never tried to talk me out of, and I hope you never do because we will stop doing the podcast, Notre Dame should be in a conference. And I don't know how they could look at this season and not see that as a glaring, obvious statement. The first year you join a conference, you go undefeated undefeated okay then you're on pace to play the guys that you beat in a conference title game that would solidify it would probably even put you at number one over alabama if we're being honest right you think if notre dame beats clemson again in the acc title game i think they would be ranked above alabama right i actually don't think they would i think they'd say it too that would drive me nuts if i were them Alabama has one top five win this season. It's against Texas A&M, and it's four touchdowns. And yet, look at me arguing for Notre Dame. I've grown so much. And then Notre Dame would have two wins over a top five team, even though it was the same team twice, in Clemson. Right? I mean, it's it's brass tacks. That's how it's, that's how it's perceived. But Notre Dame should join a conference after this. There should be no they- reason why they should ever go back to FBS independence. Actually, I'm going to kind of talk you out of this a little. I'm, uh, like, not fully. I think Notre Dame should be in a conference because they should be in a conference. I actually don't think that Notre Dame should want... Notre Dame is, is good. I wouldn't want to be in a conference if I was Notre Dame. I, I wouldn't want to join the ACC. Even even after this season? Yes. They, listen, the ACC did them a favor because because they were looking at, at, at no schedule. Guess what? Any other conference would have done the same thing. If, if they had room for it. And, I, and here's the reason. Notre Dame is a conference. They have that humongous television deal with NBC. Every if, if Notre Dame was interested in joining the SEC, they would be in the SEC tomorrow. But they, they have nothing... that They have their own rules now. And, you know, if Notre Dame went to the SEC, then they're in the CBS rules and they lose their TV deal. I mean, they, they, are, they are their own... Uh, until that, until that NBC thing, if that ever ends, I mean Notre Dame's not going to not going to fight to join a conference. They'll have to be kick, drag kicking and screaming to join one. Um, everybody wants that Notre Dame television revenue. Everybody still watches them. Uh, the Big Ten would add them if 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 they wanted. I don't I don't know the logistics of why the ACC worked out. I think it's just because they 
sort of had that quasi deal and they had a bunch of the games already scheduled and the, and the ACC was like, all right, well, you know, hey, we'll take that sweet, sweet NBC money for a season. But I don't know that Notre Dame has has really any reason why they w- should want to be, other than this year, because that it would have meant they wouldn't have played. Um, but And the reason that the ACC couldn't just go, fine, you guys want to play football this year, you have to join our conference when it's over. Because then the SEC would have just gone, all right, come play some SEC games. We'll get some free NBC money out of it. And Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Clemson, because I'm sorry, I, I won't be taught out of this. They should join a conference. It they is, should be forced the, to join a conference. It is the smartest move they could make. They should be made to join a conference. Trevor Lawrence, 12 for 22, 195 yards, one pick, one touchdown. Long-haired Icarus has fallen quite far from the sun of the Heisman, if you ask me. He's, he doesn't have a shot anymore. It was a 45-10 effort over Virginia Tech that at halftime was a measly one yard away from being a tied 17 to 17. Brick is Clemson sick. And by <laughs> sick, I mean are they are they bleeding out? Are we seeing the end of the Clemson dynasty as we No, I'm kidding. Are we seeing a Clemson team that is going to struggle to A make the playoff and then B struggle to win when they get there? Travis um, Etienne had 16 carries for 66 yards. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the season that when they played the Virginia Tech Hokies, he'd only have 16 carries for 66 yards, I would have laughed in your face. Well, it, it, it looks like it looks like they're going to be facing an Ohio State team. If they make the playoffs, they're going to make it as the three seed or the two seed. Um, so they're going, to not, they're going to skip Alabama that week one. They'll probably be playing an Ohio State team if, 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 if everything goes according to plan um, that also has not been playing. I mean, Notre Dame's probably still... Or not Notre Dame. Clemson's probably dealing with a fair amount of rust. I know they've been playing, but you know it's it's they're going to be playing. Uh, I no, I I just I guess what you ask me is 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 there a chance that they're falling off? I actually don't really think so. Um, because they're so used to this moment, I think they're going to be just fine. We were asking ourselves the same question as they went into the playoff last year, and then they beat that, and then they beat Ohio State in that game. Right. I'm not ever I'm not ever afraid for. They're, they're so well coached by Dabo. I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be fine too, but I don't think it's a stretch to say that this is not the Clemson team they started the season with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... I don't know. I don't... like. I mean, they beat Virginia Tech by 35, and it seemed underwhelming, right? Part <laughs> of that was because Virginia Tech is that bad. Um, but another part of it was just the entire game... The offense never looked on the same page. Did you watch any of this game? I did not see that game. It was... I I don't even know how to describe it. I have not seen a Clemson team since Trevor Lawrence came to school. Probably This is probably the worst Clemson team that I've seen since Kelly Bryant was their quarterback. You really in, think so? In 2017. I really do think so. I really think... I, I think their defense is a little bit better than that team's defense was. But I think their offense is... I don't want to say on par with that offense because I, I do think they're a little bit better. But I think overall the team's just lacking. And I don't know if they're starting to hit that uh, Alabama 2013-2014 stretch where it's just the complacency. I right? think that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, just the, it's just the, well, we can just sort of watch through every single game until the playoff. And then someone's going to wake up and pop them. And it already has happened this season with Notre Dame. But I think that Clemson just needs... 
I don't know if they need a scare. Last year they had the scare against UNC and they turned it around and started just motoring people, right? And I, I, I wonder if they need another scare like that again. I don't think they're going to get it. Um, you know, they've got, they've only got one game left, right? They've got the ACC title game and that's it. Yeah, they right? got Notre Dame. Um, you know, so that could be a scare. And if if that doesn't happen, if they lose that game or if they just, I don't know, the blowout doesn't really seem possible at this point, but if they blow out Notre Dame. They may sleepwalk into a playoff game and then wake up and go, oh, crap, we don't remember how to do this. See, I think I think that the, the sleepwalking, I do think that they have been sleepwalking a lot this year. I mean, other than their 73-7 win over Georgia Tech, I, and, they, and they destroyed Pitt. I watched a good bit of that game, and that game was never close. Um, that was just two weeks ago, or a week ago at this point, a little over a week. Um I think they, I think they do have a tendency to sleepwalk. I think they come out a little flat in these early morning games. Um, I, we've seen Bama do that on occasion. When, sure, when they I think can, we could see it Saturday. Get up for games. Um, yeah, they're playing Arkansas at 11 a.m. But once they get to playoff mode, it's like LeBron. I mean, they just, they just turn it on. Um, yeah. and, and they, and they, they, they haven't won every title, but, but they've, they've been a, a, a damn near, they, they've damn near won three titles, four titles already. Like, um. It's like former Nashville Predator Colin Wilson, and, and they're now they're going to go play the. They're now going to go play the team that 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 beat them, you know, a month ago, four weeks ago. They're going to play that team now, and I have I think they're not going to have any trouble getting up for that game. No, and we'll we'll wait and talk about that game next week. Um, right now, let's talk about Ohio State uh, defeating Michigan fifty-two to twelve. We'll talk about this game for a second. Justin Fields looked as incredible as advertised. 17 for 24 for 200 yards and two touchdowns. An extremely efficient passer and runner of the football. Um, uh, You had uh, Trey Sermon with 10 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I I think it is a shame, and I'm probably one of the few people uh, in my family that would say this. I think it's a shame that Ohio State hasn't gotten to play more this season. Um, because I, I think it would have been really, really fun to watch Justin Fields play, uh, as a Buckeye. Um, you know, they, they controlled the game from the start to the finish, um, wire to wire. They looked like the best team, uh, in college or one of the best teams in college football this season. Uh, they have 521 yards, had one turnover, controlled possession, just moved the ball efficiently. Defense had a bunch of takeaways and four takeaways. Um, however, (laughs) Ohio State season in jeopardy, question mark. Their game this weekend against Michigan, the game, quote-unquote, has been canceled uh, for COVID reasons. Now, Brick, I'm going to ask you two things, and Kirk Herbstreit got in a lot of hot water over this last week, so I'm going to ask you this first, and then I'm going to ask you another question afterward. Is Michigan faking COVID or intentionally risking players to keep Ohio State out of the playoffs? Um, I'm going to say the same thing that I said when people were kind of asking if LSU would not to keep Alabama out of the playoff, but if LSU was doing this against Bama and my answer is no, because I just can't believe that as a narrative. Um, first of all, the number I've seen is 46, uh, either positive cases or people due to contact tracing. So it sounds like an outbreak at, 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 at um, Michigan. Well, and it, it goes to say that contact tracing lasts, uh, you had to be, I'm pretty sure you had to be in quarantine for what is it? 14 to 21 days in the big 10. If that's I mean, the rule, it's, that's it's the, I don't know what massive. their rule is. It's ma- I, I'm sorry. Their contact tracing, I think is 10 days, but I think they're, um, or maybe it's a week, but I think they're, you have tested positive. You have to sit out for 21 days. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, 
I have a, it's the same thing I said with LSU. I really have a hard time believing that a bunch of testosterone-filled, competitive uh, 18 to 22-year-olds would be at all okay with their team ducking their biggest rival. Out of pride, somebody would be speaking up and saying, this is what's happening, and I don't, this is bullcrap. But nobody has. You know, nobody at LSU did that, and they ended up playing the game, and it went as expected. And I think if, if Ohio State were to have played Michigan, they would have put 80 on them this week. Right. Um, I don't think Ryan Day takes his foot off the gas like Nick Saban does against that team. Uh, um, no, especially when Ohio State's only played five games so far. Yeah. But you uh, look, Ohio State's only played five. They've played half the games that Florida would have played, Alabama will have played. Um, and I actually think, I mean, Clemson's played, what, eight, nine games now? Um, Clemson is there. They've had 10. Yeah, they're they've had one. 10 games. They've had 10 games. So, I mean, you're looking at, I, I forget that the ACC started a week early. Please excuse me. But you look at that and on one hand you say, okay, well, yeah, they've only played half the game. They're five and zero. on the other hand, the entire point of the, the entire purpose of the playoff, what was it to put the four best teams in the playoff Four four best teams on the field, right? Let's just put the four best teams on the field. You're going to sit here. And tell me, after watching the games that Ohio State's played now, it's not been against impressive opponents, and I know that. Indiana would like a word with me, and I understand that. But you know what I mean, right? Right, yes. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Ohio State didn't necessarily blow out Penn State. They only beat them by 13. They gave out 27 points to Rutgers, right? But their offense has looked so good. And if you're going to sit here and say, okay, uh, Ohio State or Texas A&M, it's Ohio State. Ohio Absolutely. State or Florida, it's Ohio State. And then, do you want to keep going? Do you really want to keep going past that? Ohio State or Indiana, they already beat Indiana. Right? I mean, we, we can keep going as long as you guys want to. Ohio State or Georgia, it's going to be Ohio State. And I think Justin Fields would throw for 700 yards in that game because he hates Kirby Smart that much. <laughs> right? So, I mean, I, like, honestly, if we're looking at it and saying, let's put the four best teams in college football, personally, as a college football fan, I want Ohio State in the playoff. I don't want them playing Alabama as an Alabama graduate because I don't think that would go well for Alabama but I want Ohio State in that playoff. I think they're getting in. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I know that some people are trying to say that this is, you know, the fact that they're, because they're not playing Michigan this week, uh, which means they don't have the six games necessary to play in the Big Ten Championship, which means that they'll still have only played five games. Even if they only play five games, I think they're getting put in just because of the revenue, just because of everybody's going to watch that game as, and all that stuff. Still money-based. And I do think that the um, the Big Ten is going to uh, amend their their six games necessary rule to put Ohio State in again because of money and yes. because Ohio State has done nothing wrong. There's nothing that they could have done. I mean, they weren't the ones that it, it was. Uh, I'm looking back at their their games. Uh, Maryland was the team that canceled on them. Illinois was the team that canceled on them. Michigan was the team that canceled on them. Correct. All three times that they've had to cancel their games was because the other team was having problems, not Ohio right. State, right. and. That and who honestly is going to tune in to watch uh, Indiana play Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship? Nobody. So here's here's my big thing. I mean, the the playoff committee will meet in, what, an hour, hour and a half to discuss who is going to be put in the college football playoff rankings top four. Yeah. You can't really take Ohio State out right now, right? No, you can't. They, they have to be in the top four. They have to. Yeah. They got to be in the top three, I think. My big thing is... That's great right now. What happens when, and I don't think it'll happen, what happens when Florida beats Alabama? Okay? Are we putting, we've got to put Florida above Ohio State, right? 
That's a night. The nightmare scenario for Ohio State is they don't get to play a sixth game. Right. Um, Florida beats Alabama, and Alabama right. still makes it in. Everybody knows Alabama makes it in as long as it's not a an embarrassing forty point loss. So and um and Clemson beats Notre Dame. That's their nightmare scenario. Yes, I, I agree with that. And then. Look, all right, let's let's go ahead and do this then. Let's go ahead and do playoff scenarios, and we can keep this Ohio State discussion going. Let's say you have Florida beats Alabama by 3-10, to 10, I'll say, okay? In a close game that's fought very hard in Georgia, but Alabama just can't push it across. Florida beats Alabama. Clemson beats Notre Dame. What is your playoff ranking? Uh, um, I think Clemson would ascend back to one at that point. I think... Florida would go two, Bama would go three, Notre Dame would go four. I I, I just can't, I don't know. And it depends. I I also, let me say this. Clemson destroys Notre Dame. It's a 45-14 beatdown. Um, then I think Ohio State, then I think Ohio State might be fine. Like, see, and this is what I mean is now you have all of these hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. That and I, I don't know how the committee really views Ohio State. They've got to want to put one of their best properties in the game. Oh, they'll want to. We know like, that. There's just no, there's just no way they won't. Why do you think Alabama's made it as many years as they have? Um, if we're just being honest, I mean, obviously, I think they deserve it, but a large part of it is, hey, let's put the four teams with the biggest fan bases who are going to watch the most games in the playoff. I mean, it's a bit. I think it's sort of a, a telling thing that Clemson was ranked ahead of Ohio, Ohio State last week. Mm. Um, now Ohio State did play another game, and they looked good in it. But well, I guess yeah, we'll find out in a little while. But um, it, I don't know. It's a mess of a year. It's not the messiest year we've had, but there's just so many variables, and the fact that some teams have played half the games of the others, and uh, you you know, uh, it's tough. Make a case for Texas A&M to get in the college football playoff. Make that scenario. Like, how do they get in? Yes. Okay, no, no, because no, I don't believe they are a top four team in the country. No, I don't either. But explain to me how they get in. All right, so they need Alabama to win. They they need they need Alabama to win. They need Notre Dame to win. If both of those things happen, I think Texas A and M could get in because that knocks Clemson out. Uh, that knocks um, Florida out, and chalk holds everywhere else. I think they could get the four seed, especially if they get to go. Because Texas A&M's game against Ole Miss was canceled this week. Texas A&M needs to be playing every game they can. The fact that they're having games postponed and canceled is awful for them. Yes, I agree with that. Let me say this. What if Florida beat Alabama badly enough? I mean, we're and it's not going to nope. happen, but let's Doesn't talk about happen. it. Nope. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Why not? Because Alabama's already beaten Texas A&M by a lot. So you don't think there's any way that Alabama or that Texas A&M could get in over Alabama? Over Alabama, absolutely not. Alabama beat them 52-24 and has looked way better than them all season. So let me ask you this now. Make a case for Cincinnati getting in the college football playoff. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right, let me go back to the, the rankings. There, Cincinnati's sitting at 7. Ohio State doesn't play another game this season. Okay. Alabama wins. Sure. Beats Florida. Has to be Notre, a blowout. Notre Dame, yeah, blows them out. Notre Dame beats Clemson handily. Sure, sure. Um, Texas A&M loses one of the games they have left. So if they get to play Ole Miss again, Ole Miss wins that game. Now you might see Cincinnati in. 
I, I could see that. I could see that happening. It's not going to happen, but I could see it happening. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a weird year. You know, it's such a weird year for so many reasons. And we're not going to get into the COVID stuff right now. It's It just sucks. And I, I hate it. And I don't want to get into it. Um, I think this is one of the biggest years. Where, this is not a year where you can argue an A-team playoff. I've seen that come up a lot, right? It's 2020. Let's just go ahead and do it. Okay, who are your eight teams right now? Nah, no, nobody wants an eight-team playoff I mean, this year. Well, not, not nobody. I don't. Nobody wants to see Georgia in the playoff this year. Nobody wants I, to see Georgia. But again, the people who no, make that I, argument, this is Sorry, my point. I don't want to. That's my, dumb. A lot my, of people would want to see that. My point is, this is the biggest argument for college football being a four-team playoff this year. Uh, or this year is the biggest argument for college football being a four-team playoff. Yes, I still feel that four teams is enough. I've I've never really argued too hard for the eight team, other than sometimes the novelty of it would be kind of cool. Um, I still think four is the right amount to me. Yeah, I agree. With Even that. if it meant, I mean, again, if there were eight teams last year in the playoff, then Alabama probably makes the playoff, and nobody needed to, that. That team should not have been vying for a national championship no. after they lost. That was not a team that that still deserved a shot at a title. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, so that's just it, it's it's interesting to play with. Let's move on. Uh, we're gonna move on to. Um, I, I've got two more things I want to ask you. One of them is about the Heisman. Um, I, I think it's a two horse race at this point. Correct. Absolutely. Um, so we're gonna talk about those two horses a little bit, and then I, I've got a hypothetical for you again. Um, the two horse race between Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, I think right now is leaning Kyle Trask, but I think the entire nation, especially Heisman voters, are under the understanding that basically whoever plays better in the SEC title game is going to win the Heisman, correct? Yes, and that this happens every year. You always have the people that cast their ballot before Super early. that final week. You Super know, early. I, I, think, I think they could technically do it once the regular season ends, uh, which will be this week. Um, for, for a lot of people and I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken, but you always have the people, this is the, the absolute worst year to do that and there. Cause there are people that voted Kyler Murray and Tua a couple years ago before they played their final games. Um, and that actually was in Tua's favor at that, at that time. But, um, no, it's, it's a two horse race. My, my big annoyance this week and and I'm not I'm not unique in this. A lot of people have been saying this. Is it is sort of annoying that the Heisman has just sort of become the best quarterback on the best teams award? Yes, um, because Devontae Smith should be up there. Because Devontae Smith has far and away been the best player in college football, offensively, defensively. He is the best player at any given position. He plays offense. He has been absolutely. He's been carrying Alabama more than Mac Jones has. Anybody that watches the game, Mac Jones has been phenomenal. He's got a a, 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 a gorgeous deep ball, a gorgeous understanding of that offense, very good command of that offense. Uh, he's very good at manipulating the pocket for a guy with his uh, lack of athleticism, and I can't say enough good things about him. Devontae Smith has carried this Alabama offense more so than any I've, offensive player I've seen at Alabama not named Derrick Henry. And... And, and honestly, perhaps more than Henry has. In the four games, right, after Jalen Waddell went down, they mm. played four games since then, right? And and, and, the, and the narrative after Waddle went down was Alabama's offense is going to step off a little bit, you know. Teams are going to be able to key in on Devontae Smith a little bit more, so he's going to draw more double coverages. And the passing game should, shouldn't go all the way because Mechie and Bolden are good players, but, you know, it just won't be the same because now defenses are going to be able to key in on Devontae a little bit more, and, and they're going to have to lean on the run game a lot more. 
In those four games, Smith has 11 touchdowns. Uh, he's all he's almost averaging three touchdowns a game right. in those four games. Right. So now his his game has gone to another level. Like nobody, I mean, that should be a huge argument for why he should win the Heisman. Yes. Arguably uh, a a better. Some people think that Waddle is a better receiver than him, and he's off the field. And all Smith has done is torch everybody, including the best corner in the country. So let's let's move on to the two horse race, right? Sure. Sorry, that was that, I had to go. No, on no, no. Point. We're both in agreement on that, and I'm glad you did that. But there's nothing else I can tack on to it. Mac Jones. Right. Uh, let's, let's say this. Joe Burrow won the Heisman last year with a passer rating of 202.8, which at the mm-hmm. time beat to his record of what? 201.4, right? Yeah. Uh, and was, uh, astronomically good. Uh, people thought it was never going to be touched again. It was touched again, uh, this season. Now, granted, he's played less games. I understand that. Whatever. Passer rating for the two quarterbacks. Okay, and now this was a massive, a massive deciding factor between Kyler Murray and Tua Tagovailoa. Okay, yes. massive. People made a huge deal about passer rating. Mac Jones is at two ten point eight three. Kyle Trask is below. He's near one ninety. He's at one ninety three point eleven. Okay, yeah. for all intents and purposes, because Caleb Ellaby uh, out of Western Michigan, sweetheart bowl champion this year. Uh, has only played five games, but he does have a rating of 212.68, which is nuts. But it's only been five games, so I'm really kind of kind of knock him for that. Um, Mac Jones is at 210.83 again. That is eight full points higher than last year's Heisman winner that everybody said was going to be the end-all, be-all. No one would ever touch it again. The other part, and this is more telling to me, and this is something that is going to get overlooked in the Heisman, and it is going to piss me off. Kyle Trask has 130 more passing attempts than Mac Jones. I compared uh, the game against Tennessee that Florida played this weekend uh, to the game that Mac Jones played against Tennessee. Uh, And Kyle Trask had 18 more pass attempts. They threw the ball 49 times. They had one carry for 17 yards, and that was their longest run play. So, yes, it's impressive. He's throwing a lot of touchdowns. He's throwing a lot of yards. He's getting way more opportunities to do so. And this feels exactly like Kyler versus Tua when Tua had played three fourth quarters in the season. And Kyler still won the Heisman over him. And it it drives me absolutely nuts that people won't look into the data. We'll just look at the raw stats right there and then vote on the Heisman that way. And that's for people who are going to vote before the SEC title game. Now, if Kyle Trask comes out, plays immensely better than Mac Jones in the SEC title game, it should go to him. Good on him. He's had an incredible season. I don't want to take anything away from him either. What he's done with a Florida offense that was god-awful last year is impressive. Very impressive. Mac Jones walked into an offense that was ready to roll, right? He's right there. They can plug him. They can play him. He's exceeded expectations immensely, but he had more pieces to work with than Kyle Trask did. I don't want to take anything away from Kyle Trask. Mm -hmm. However... When your offense is set up to throw the ball 50 times a game and you complete, I mean, three quarters of those passes, which is great, you're obviously going to have better stats. But people have to stop looking at just these brand name stats. Start, like, actually dig in and seek, and they're not going to. They're just not going to, and it frustrates me to no end. I'll play a little devil's advocate um, because... And luckily, this all gets sorted out a week from Saturday because they'll play each other. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see uh, Tua play Kyler Murray until, you know, the semifinal. Everybody was in agreement that Tua was the better quarterback that day. Anyway, I digress. 
to play a little devil's advocate, because another way you can look at the Heisman, and this is another narrative that comes up every year. All right, so what player is more... And again, I'm going to preface this. If I was voting for a Heisman today, I would give it to Mac Jones because of the reasons you just stated. But I will bring this up. What player do you feel has been more pivotal to his team's oh, success for this sure. year? For sure, Kyle Trask. It's but, definitely Trask. But I don't know. It's it's not. It's college football's best Most player. outstanding player, right. So most outstanding player. Um, it, it's not. It's not most valuable player. That's the Maxwell. Yes. All right. Give 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 trash to Maxwell. No, I think I think well, and then to go to circle back around, I think that Devontae Smith has been the most outstanding player in college football this year. But um, who was the last Heisman to not be a quarterback? Was it Derrick Henry? It was Derrick Henry. Before that, it was Mark Ingram, and before that, it was Reggie Bush. That's wild. And before that, it was probably like Ron Dane. Before that was Charles Woodson. I hope I'm right, because that would be really impressive if I just did that. You know what we're going to say, you are, because <laughs> no one's going to double-check this. I actually am double-checking it right now, just for my feelings. Um, Yeah, but, I yeah, no, I think Kyle Trask is extremely... I don't think you can throw Felipe Franks in that Florida offense and expect good things. I think they lose probably two or three more games. They didn't look stellar against Tennessee, either. They only had 14 points in the entire second half. Oh, I was right. I wasn't listening to anything you just said, but I was completely right. No, nope, said- sorry. Ah, I messed up. I messed up. Who'd you it miss? Rick- it was Ricky Williams in between Ron Dane and Charles Woodson. Uh, you were close, though. You were close. Mm. That's good. You you wouldn't have ever said it. No one would have ever checked you and thought you were a genius, but you decided. I had to, I had to check, you, I had to you check decided, myself. You decided to windmill dunk on yourself on your own podcast, and I respect that about you. I said that Florida looked less than impressive against Tennessee. Yes or no? Um... I mean, it wasn't their best game. Uh, they scored and a combined 14 points in the second half. It was it was not their best game, but you could argue the same that Alabama just did the same thing against LSU. If you're going to go, I mean, they, they, there was never any but doubt no, that they were no, going to no, win no, the no, game. No, 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 no. That is so different. Alabama had 45 points at halftime. Florida had 17. And I don't know how much of that was on Trask. I'm not saying it was on Trask. I'm talking about Florida. Um, I, still I, I know we, I know awesome. we, I know we were talking about Trask. Yeah, Trask played great. He also threw the ball fifty times. Maybe you didn't hear me. He threw the ball five zero times. Has Mac? Uh, that's another thing. That's another argument. I don't know if this is a more of an argument pro Trask or anti Trask, but um, Florida all season. Hear this. Hear me out on this, and tell me which way you make. Do you think this? Because I, I, I could see this going both ways. All season, Florida has six rushing touchdowns six Alabama currently has their running back who's not even being mentioned for the Heisman currently leads the nation in rushing touchdowns and that doesn't account for Brian Robinson and Roy Dell Williams and uh and and James McClellan who mm. have done it in garbage time mm. um so so that not only do they have Najee Harris with his 18 he has right now uh, solo so th- by himself he has three times the rushing touchdowns that all Florida running backs and quarterbacks have on that roster. So again, you could say, well, that just is more, that makes it more impressive what Trask is doing because now he's supporting an offense that can't seem to run it in the end zone. Or you could go the other way and go, well, you know, Mac Jones is putting up these numbers that are so comparable while the other guy on his team has 18 rushing touchdowns and is poaching a lot of his touchdowns. Right. So you could, you could go right. either way. So it's just Mac- an interesting thing to bring up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mac Jones, game by game. Uh, these are his attempts, uh, starting from Missouri. 24, 27, 32, 32, 31, 24, 26, 28. 
He's gone over 30 attempts four times in nine games, right? And yet we're still going to sit here and say that he's not as good as the guy who's throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. It's just, it, but it, it just drives me nuts because I know people aren't going to care. And that's they, ultimately what they hurt might, Tua in the end. You know what? They would care if it was Zach Wilson that's over ultimate, at BYU. That's ultimately what hurt Tua in the end. Yes. Was he didn't have the attempts and he didn't have he didn't have the the game footage that you know the highlight reels that that, that well he did have the highlight reels he was torching everybody he just did it all in two and a half quarters and then was done for the day, um, right. but that that ultimately I mean that that led to the end I mean it was just Murray had the stats and and the last the last image because what what this Heisman vote will really come down to is the last image we see of the player is Mac Jones running off that field trotting off with four touchdowns and a dub. Or is it Kyle Trask pulling out the upset of the year? That, that's going to be it. Or here's another situation that I could see. Kyle Trask throws for four touchdowns for 422 yards, and Florida loses by 14. Mac Jones only threw for 387. Let's give it to Trask. I, nope, I still think it goes Mac Jones in that way. It's just going to be what's the lasting image we see. The voters are going to wait for that day. If, if Mac Jones hits 387 and two touchdowns and they win that game, it's, it's, his, it's his trophy. I want, to, I want to ask you one more hypothetical before we wrap up the podcast, and this has ruffled a lot of feathers among the people that I've talked to about. Uh, talked to about this today, okay? I've, I've presented this question. It has made quite a few people very, very angry, all right? Um, let's say Armageddon happens, right? COVID Armageddon happens. You've got, uh, you've got uh, the... Um, you know, Alabama, Clemson, the top four, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, they all get wiped out with COVID, right? There's, there's no way they could play for another month, two months, okay? College football just says, you know what? We've played games. Teams have gotten revenue. Season's done. We're done. We're not doing the playoff. We're not doing conference title games. We're done. Does Alabama have a right to claim a national title? No. If that happened tomorrow. I don't think so. Explain. Actually, no, don't explain. I'm going to give you my argument, and I, I, I'm starting to agree with you, right? People have talked me off of this ledge. They are a unanimous number one team. They have beaten everybody by no less than 14 points. No less than 15 points, actually. Uh, they played a top five team that they beat by, what, four scores, right? Wasn't it 28 points? 24 points? It was something like that. Um, they have a Heisman contender, they have the best coach in the country, and they have a, uh, fairly decently mediocre Arkansas team left on their schedule, and a Florida team that they have an 87% chance of beating, according to ESPN's FPI. Okay? That's the argument for they should get to claim a national title. Here's my other argument. If this is any other team, <laughs> if this is literally any other team other than maybe a Georgia, an LSU, a Texas, let's say Coastal Carolina is the unanimous number one. Based off some ridiculous, right, whatever. If they claimed a college football national championship, no one would stop them. And everyone would say, it's okay, they're the AP number one unanimous. They deserve it. Give me your arguments. I believe that with the parameters of the season and what they were, and the the, the jostling of everything, and the fact that that Alabama hasn't played a team outside of their conference, and, and almost nobody has really played a team outside of their conference, right? Nobody has really gotten to compare 
I, I just don't, I, I don't feel, and, and I'm just not a big proponent of claiming national championships. I think it would suck. It would suck for college football fans. It would suck for all the players, for the teams that are vying for a national championship. But I just, I don't, so I don't. You- you think that no one should claim a national title? Nobody, nobody. If if the season is canceled and Armageddon happens for football, nobody gets a national champion. We gave it. We gave it our best shot. Everybody, you know, you you can win your awards. Uh, conferences will hand out their championships, and that'll be that. That's uh, it. Con- the SEC will probably will will give the, uh, the SEC would give Bama the the SEC championship because they're the only undefeated team in the conference. Um, same with Big Ten. Uh, I guess Notre Dame would would have every right to claim an ACC title. Uh, who cares about the Pac-12? And that would be that. That would be it. And it would it, 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 would, it would suck. It would be USC. But I would never feel comfortable with Alabama claiming a title. I would never feel comfortable with that. As as a, as an alum and as a fan, I would not feel comfortable with it. I would never want to. Ha- I would hate people bringing it up to me because I would never fully be able to. The it. the two arguments I've heard for why that would not work is that Kansas didn't do it for basketball this year, despite being, they were almost a unanimous AP number one. Sure. Almost. Okay. They weren't, uh, they were the week before the last poll was voted. Uh, they had one vote counted uh, to, I think it was Notre Dame or not Notre Dame to Duke. Yeah. Maybe. Somewhat, maybe. Uh, it, it was one of the blue bloods. Kansas did not claim a national title. That's the best argument that I've heard. My big thing is, so you're going to sit there and tell Devontae Smith, hey, really, really glad that you came back for your senior year. Thanks for setting all these records, setting the world on fire. Uh, you don't you don't get anything for this. Uh, the whole reason you came back was to win a national title, and you, you don't get to do that for nothing that was your fault. Yeah, it sucks. That's life. That is what you tell him. It, su- I just, it sucks. I, I have a massive problem with, with telling... I don't know, and this is a bigger microcosm of college football, right? Is is a lot of these eighteen to twenty year old, twenty two year old kids put literally their bodies on the line. But weekly. you can say the same thing to Travis Etienne, and I know that he's yes. not. But but, but, and, but, and, but yes, they're records, not going to claim and stats, records and stats. But like, you know, it's just it sucks. Ian Book, you know, you can tell Ian Book, sorry, man, sorry, like. Yeah, I know that Ian I, Book I just, didn't didn't make the same kind of decision to come back that Devontae Smith did, but. I think I think it is very very interesting that everybody's immediate reaction is no, of course not. Like like there has not been one person that I've talked to that is like, yeah, I could see that happen. I could I could see that argument. Everybody's immediately like, no, absolutely. Because not. Notre Dame has oh, Notre Dame has done everything they've needed to as well. I know that they haven't uh, the number, but, but Alabama they're not, they're not unanimous. It, they're not unanimous. Kept it in their conference. That, that's the thing is is. They're unanimous based on on what's happened in this regular season, but but the college football is no longer decided so, by those voters. The AP okay, poll doesn't so decide anything. That was yeah. That was my next. Football. That was my next question. So are you saying that every single national title before the BCS should just be considered null and void? Yeah, that's just the, the the parameters of college football are different now. We've no, gone no, no, to no. a different. System. You didn't answer my question. Should the parameters and all the national titles before the BCS system be considered null and void? Well, that doesn't no because that what, why no. That's just not the system we use now. Okay. So we can't. We're not going to go back to the AP just naming a champion. Is what I'm saying. We I shouldn't. just. I just don't like the immediate no. It's 2020. Why not? Absolutely. I don't. I don't believe they should just be awarded. No. The, the season ended. I'm sorry. That sucks. But, but I would luckily, never feel comfortable with that. Luckily, I don't think that would ever happen. I think if COVID Armageddon truly did happen. 
I think college football would even go as far as delaying the playoff till April if they had to. I, I really, I really I think they would the do that. Yeah, I don't even know about the logistics of that. Though. What what logistics do you possibly have to worry about at that point? Mm. You you have proven that college football can be played safely. Now, are you going to have some cancellations? Yeah, you're going to have some cancellations. But you can play. You can get two teams together on a Saturday. No, you can do it. There are there are a, a huge amount of players that would not participate in these games to go get, to go to the league. Totally, I mean, that's when the that's when the draft is. Totally. I mean, okay, you, so maybe you, not maybe not April. So February, mid February. Yeah, that could work. Early March, like what's the cutoff point? That could work because you're talking about four teams. You're talking about four teams, four teams worth of players. It's not like they're delaying all the bowl games. Too. The bowl games don't happen. You just need to play the ones that determine a champion. Because I I seriously think college football could say tomorrow, hey, you know what? Um. Let's take everybody who has a realistic shot at the college football playoff. So let's take the top 10 teams. And if Coastal Carolina is not in that, I'm going to scream. But Coastal Carolina, Cincy, you're in this too. Y'all two are going to play each other. Everybody else is going to play each other except Texas A&M, who's going to wait on the wings. And uh, we're going to have the top four play each other. Ohio State will play. You know what? Ohio State could play Texas A&M. And let's just do, let's just do a tournament that way. Let's do a top eight tournament. Right, like I, I just I could see everybody who's got a realistic chance of making the college football playoff play, and then everybody else go home. We're not doing it anymore. Ugh, ugh, ugh. I don't, I don't I like it. This. I don't want it to happen. But this is a hypothetical that I thought is really interesting because everyone that I have asked today has said immediately no. There's not been a single person who's even entertained the idea. Yeah, I didn't. I said immediately no. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it's shady, and I wouldn't like it. But that wasn't my question. My question was, do they have a right to do so? And your answer is no, despite the fact. And if they're not a unanimous number, no, one, Alabama then has I a right to you. try to claim a title. I don't think they they can do it all they want. I don't think that that the NCAA should recognize it. Um, we, that that system that system is is outdated. It used to, and Alabama has already has a sort of a contentious claim to that, that, that some people recognize and some people don't. You know yes, the story, yes, yes, obviously. Yes. But, but obviously they, they have four unclaimed national titles too. So what do you want to do about those? That The NCAA said you are the national champion. Alabama said, no, nah, we're not. But nobody talks about those, right? All they want to talk about is, is, is the games and the years where Alabama claims a national title when they shouldn't. We're getting onto a different argument there, but... I, I no, I just think it's funny that everybody likes to point to Alabama as the team that does that when literally every team does that. Yeah. Go look at done it more times than any. Go go look at any team's Wikipedia page. They all do it. They all do it. And Alabama's the only one that gets pinned for it. Oklahoma is egregious. Anyway, I, I just think it's I, I I think it's a really interesting argument. I will finish it by saying I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. They shouldn't do it. Um, I, I think it'd be wrong. I don't think it's going to happen, but that was my question. My question is, do they have a right to it? And if they weren't, if they weren't the unanimous number one, I would say absolutely not, but they are every, there are 63 votes all going towards Alabama. So it's interesting. I don't know. That's, that's all. That's all I want to talk about. Thank you for entertaining that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I I, I agree and respect your opinion. Uh, and I think you're right, but I just, I, like I said, no one has been like, oh, that's an interesting point. It's been, <laughs> it's been, no, shut up, idiot. Like, all right, sorry about it. Sorry for trying to play this game. No, I like it. You have a different, you have a different, and, and you, you bring up a good point with the unanimous thing, and, and do they have a right is a different question than should it happen. Right. Um, right. 
So, oh, I went a little bit off of the do you have a right. I mean, my initial answer was should it happen. Um, that's That was my hard and fast no. Right. And I agree with you on that. Completely agree with you on that. Anyway. That's Pat's Interference, y'all. Our favorite college football podcast. It, it, it's now done. Season 6, Episode 7, gone to the wayside. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. Nothing like doing a podcast with my best friend in the whole world. The whole world.